creating space for you everybody. This guy loves Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I love the six man. I can't lie. I can't lie. Yo. <laughs> Can you tell the audience a fun fact about yourself? Because I can think of a few. I can think of one for Alice as well. <laughs> I can think of <laughs> We're going there. We're going there. So, some of you don't know, Soleil is a really, really... She's an amazing artist. She's a big artist also. Give me, um, give me your love tonight. Love tonight. Sorry. Give me your love tonight. Okay, yo. It's that time again. <laughs> Welcome to Escape Plan Media. I'm here with some very special guests. Introduce yourselves. How's it going, everybody? My name is Aziz. My DJ name is Black Canvas, and I do the sweet spot with my good friend over here. <laughs> uh, my name is Alice, and my DJ name is also Alice, and I do the sweet spot with Aziz, and I also do my own gigs as well, standing also. Right, so... Where you guys want to lead this conversation? The thing on Escape My Media is it's all about the guests. It's your point of contact with all our viewers to share your blueprints as to how you do what you do or your reasons why, mm -hmm. your creative process. And I've framed this conversation with some music props, obviously, because I have some musical people here, yeah. um, some fashion-oriented orient, stuff, and some art, which we, we'll be talking about later as well. So, yeah, where would you like to lead the conversation? Um, I think considering you're here as well, I think... And be International in Women's Day just happened. Oh. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> For real quick. <queen. laughs> um, I think considering you're here as well, like I think it'd be interesting to start speaking about fashion a little bit. Sick. Um, because I think for me anyways, in ways that kind of was what sparked creativity for me, that kind of led to me DJing in ways, like indirectly, but yeah, I think maybe let's talk a little bit about fashion and mm. fashion in Ireland and I guess our world surrounding that. So yeah, like with fashion in Ireland, like I was kind of new to the whole um, creative scene that was in Ireland. I think I kind of started off with fashion because my brother was fashion design like he does secure studios it started off with that so that kind of led me into seeing what ireland is about like what the creative scene was about and that's how i met different people the people that i know today that i'm close with that's how i met them from modeling in different things like for instance even the subjective um, yeah. magazine like you can see luke man you can see uh mj in there but shout out to max by the way Max Pfeiffer, that yes. was his photography book with the showcase oh, yes. in Total Vintage. Yes, I remember that um, when that was happening. And yeah, I kind of just got into um, fashion that way and then styling. Just for me, when it comes to fashion, the design aspect, I'm not like, I'm not as educated in that and it doesn't interest me as much as styling does. And the people that do inspire me, um, they really. They really grasped my attention. I can't lie. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that was just from people from different countries, especially. I just wanted to see what I can do here as well. And then after that, I've kind of gotten into music. I've always been into music. Yeah, styling now, I feel, has taken a back seat and then music has kind of led. I see. Yeah. I know detail goes unappreciated. I can see your nails. Um, <laughs> I can see the drip from uh, head to toe. We were in the studio the other day, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that nails. <laughs> 
real, like, sick. Thank you, thank you. And then we have the drip guard here. Drip, ah, listen. This Look at the like, color palette. <laughs> light work, light work, light work. Um, but even speaking on, like, I guess the whole fashion thing, I think something that you mentioned about, like, looking at people abroad, and mm. I think in terms of, like, believing certain things were possible here. I remember when my, uh, I model, by the way, um, so does Sam here, and I remember when we were looking to get into modeling yeah. and the people we were looking towards here in Ireland, unfortunately at that time, there just wasn't really any other black male models for us to look up to. And at that time we were looking up to Harry Ozuka, Harry Ozuka, rest, in, rest peace. in peace and Chuck Jr. And I remember looking at them and thinking like, okay, if they can do X, Y, Z over there, why can't we do that here? And I think it's interesting, like, from that time to now, the things that have happened in Dublin, Ireland, as a creative scene, not just in fashion, but beyond that. And, like, having things like, like you know, like this here, like, magazines from MFI that we've worked in, it's like, there's a saying a friend of mine says, like, what you do doesn't matter, but it's important that you do it. And, like, to be able to look back and have these, like, physical pieces that we can look back on, which, you know, you may have styled in or you may have molded in and stuff like that, I think it's, like, quite a beautiful thing to see. I don't know where I'm really going with this point. It's like, similar to what Alice was saying, right? So looking at people abroad and what they've done and seeing if it can be reproduced and even elevated further here. Mm-hmm. Um, so fashion was very big in my household. Like everybody, my mum is like on a whole different wavelength when it comes to fashion. So it started off with the church. Like my mum was, was always talking about like the Sunday best and how she'd gear us up for church and things like that. And then it went beyond church for me when we were trying to model as well. So my journey is actually kind of similar to Alice's, where the styling was my forte. I like I appreciate the design process, but in college, um, in Trinity, we had like a fashion society, and we were, we do like an annual fashion show, and we raise money for charity. So I went to I applied to be a stylist. And they're like, actually, hold on a sec. Maybe you should do modeling instead. <laughs> so I was like, yo, what, what's going on here? I like putting fits together, working with different color palettes, seeing how different like silhouettes would coordinate and stuff like that. But yeah, that pushed me into modeling. Then ended up being signed to not another work with them for like five and a half years. And we were we've even done some work together as well, mm-hmm. shooting some e-com stuff for Grand Thomas and Ireland. So that was a dope experience and. Rather than just relying on, I think, our agencies to push our stuff, it's important that you do what you said. It's, it doesn't matter what you do, but it is, it is important that you do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> A friend of mine said, and for whatever reason, until this day, it stuck with me. I've just seen it in, like, anything that anybody does. You know, I think, even you know, this is a good example for me, Skepta. He's been doing music for a very long time yeah. to, an, to an extent that like it's funny that there are some people that like maybe are only discovering Skepta. More recent times they're mm-hmm. discovering him and they're maybe they're realizing how old he is or whatever maybe. But like he's obviously been doing this thing for so long and maybe to some people it didn't matter that he was doing it. But like what Skepta is to like the UK music scene that fucking matters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Big so time. like that's where like I think things like that culture yeah exactly culture you so, don't realize how you could be influenced in culture just by your simple existence of doing whatever it is that you feel like is important to do in your in your world and the platform you're creating as well so with mfi gave us it gave Coupla what we were doing initially an opportunity to showcase like all our talents mm-hmm. and i think even with sweet spot mm-hmm. and what you guys are doing 
um, with your events and your radio show you give artists sometimes you play like underground artists as well mm-hmm. so I listen to the show a few times I'm like oh this I'm experiencing discovery which is one of the huge things mm-hmm. about music that I love and that's why I collect vinyls mm-hmm. so if you could tell us a bit more about Sweet Spot and your radio show yeah um, I, I'll start off with like I guess the name kind of where the name came about so and it kind of ties in with like I guess fashion and discovery and stuff mm-hmm. like that but um, so for me living in Ireland I thought it was very interesting the music. Well, looking back now, it's very interesting the different types of music that crossed our plates living in Ireland. Because I, I definitely have seen where maybe peers of mine who live in different countries, whether it be the States or even in the UK or whatever it may be, because some of these countries have music scenes that are so big in themselves, you could almost be like in an echo chamber that you're not really hearing anything from beyond. Whereas here in Ireland, I find that Although we do have our own music scene here, I find that there's a lot of music from across the world that crosses the plate here, our plates here, whether it be music from the States, which is just, I feel like, across the world, like, we are very exposed to, like, the US of A and its, and its create, creativity. But then also, like, living in Ireland, there was very close proximity to music from the UK. So a great example for me where I saw that some people did not have, like, maybe... The music, the UK music knowledge that I felt that like ma- many people would have was when I saw that Drake started working a lot with UK artists, and during that time people began to like hear of people like gigs and stuff like that, and every people on social media were seeing like who's gigs, and I'm like, what do you mean who is gigs? Like gig, gig Godfather, what do you mean? Like, but so within that I was just like, oh wow, okay, maybe I'm realizing now that okay, Ireland is actually a sweet spot for music and. With the sweet spot, like the goal is with that is to kind of show people that Ireland is the sweet spot of music as well as culture because Ireland, the face of Ireland is changing now. There are people from all sorts of walks of life, and Ireland is only a very little small country off the edge of Europe. But I feel like, in terms of culture, if you're someone who's willing to look at it and look at it deeply, it's actually very, very rich. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like what we're trying to bring so to the forefront. Like even when you mention Ireland being increasingly multicultural. Sometimes when I'm on the darts, I can hear different languages. Mm-hmm. And that's an experience that you get when you go to other European cities, like mainland Europe, mm-hmm. and now we're on the European island where you're getting a similar thing. And I think it's something that we've craved for so long. You guys were speaking about traveling, and um, Alice talking about going to Brussels and stuff like that. So if you guys could expand a bit more about how you... I'm get, what I'm getting from this is that you guys live to create like your influence comes from your living experience mm-hmm. so talk about the places that you travel to maybe Alice could feel the places I've traveled to like I've went I've been to London for instance just across from us um, Brussels Paris Italy as well but Brussels has definitely been the place for me it's just the city itself it's just inspiring it's just the people that's around just people going about their everyday life it's just really really cool to see as you said like the different cultures that are there so so different to hear because even when it comes to um just the black community we're mainly just niger well maybe just nigerians to showcase a lot of the things that we like and it's just yeah (laughs) we're all nigerians so like even when you go to like clubs for instance it's just like the main um, Afrobeat segment would be Nigerian music. Like, it would just be Nigerian and, like, the 
Burner Boys, the whiskey. Are you talking about here in Ireland? In Ireland, okay. yeah. Well, I don't know the curry lost. Uh, <laughs> but when you go over there, it's like, it's just Congolese music. It's just the, I don't know what the the genre would it's be. It's different. Yeah, like it's just, it's different. You it's feel like you're hearing more genres from the continent of Africa. Like yeah, as opposed to just, just Nigerian, Nigerian Afrobeats. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like it's really, really cool to see. And just as a DJ, for instance, just seeing how people just take the music in i feel like over here it's like when you play something different it's like okay we've had we had enough it's okay can we go back to afro something familiar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. everyone wants to feel that familiarity over here and that's why when it comes to music being played in like dublin it's very people always complain say that oh it's the same kind of music that you're hearing constantly but at the end of the day, that's what people are constantly in your ear telling you to play. Mm-hmm. But with the sweet spot, like we're doing something different. We're showing the different, like um, the different faces that are in Ireland. The different huge points that you're making there, right? Mm-hmm. Some people talk about the same music being played and stuff like that. And there was a time where we used to beg for a hip hop night. We used to beg for like some sort of multicultural, like even a two thousands sort mm-hmm. of gig. And these are things that are happening now more frequently. Sure. So as opposed to hearing the same music, we're also seeing different groups of people rather than seeing the same people. We're getting mm-hmm. to see that overall outlook on how diverse Dublin is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that you guys are balancing pretty well with the sweet spot. You can see, I see dancers go there. They have their time and their moments. Mm-hmm. Whoever does your footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's my boy right there. I got no, for right. real. Like You guys have built an environment with different subcultures and they can all coexist mm-hmm. so yeah that's something that i would want to experience so you guys have a gig coming at the yes. end of the month friday, friday the 31st in the racket space mm-hmm. is our next event it's called enigma and even again to touch on another point within that i i think deeply about a lot of things <laughs> for some reason but um, so the word on. enigma why we named the event enigma was Right now, currently in Dublin, and actually across the world, but more specifically in the context of Dublin, there's nightlife spaces are disappearing. Spaces where we can go and dance are disappearing. And of course, I get it. There's a lot of different things at play in the world right now. There's a cost of living crisis we're going through. We just got out of a panini. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going Pandemic. on in life. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that like. I guess can it's contributing to like this uh, loss of creative spaces or spaces where also like you go to release. And when I say release, that's like at the end of a long week, you want to go out and dance. You know, there's a lack of sometimes there's a lack of space. Even trying to like put on events, you know, we're looking for venues sometimes, and like there is a lack of like venues that you could choose to, like to put on X Y Z event. And so with Enigma. The thing about Enigma, Enigma is something you can't like fully understand or like sometimes you know it appears and then disappears and so that's why we call it Enigma of like, you know, this thing can pop up now and like ultimately we want you to enjoy this thing while it lasts because I've seen with like certain things closing down during the pandemic, you know, we're all like, oh no, this thing is closing down or whatever it may be but also... I remember sometimes when these things are open, some people have attitudes that they're like, you know, they're not as bothered to go here. They don't feel like they're bothered to go out or they just don't feel like there's an urgency to go there at all. Because give people their flowers while they can still smell. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing. It's very important to like go and enjoy these things now while they're here. And I get it. You know, you're not, maybe you're not going to want to always go out, but understand also like in terms of like supporting 
your own culture and what exists here like you have a part to play as well like mm-hmm. a party is only as good yeah. as the people that are there you could have you could have all the most amazing DJs like Alice and myself <laughs> playing but you know if we're playing to nobody is it really a party we need people there as well so like it's very important that like I guess that is acknowledged that like these spaces in themselves they can be enigmas and they might disappear and that's just the sad reality of the world yeah you described it really well because to me Dublin Dublin's nightlife experience is an enigma, like in and of itself. Like, so you go out on a night out, going home afterwards can be a bit of an ordeal or whatever. And you hear people talk about like how there's nothing really here. Like some people would have a pessimistic outlook on there's nothing really here in Dublin or whatever. I need to go abroad to experience these things or I need to move and emigrate to experience like a nightlife that I would really enjoy. Whereas, I think we spoke about this before, I think Alice could add to this as well, in the sense that you can't really say those things without contributing to what's here. In, in the sense that, like, you can say, okay, Dublin's nightlife is X, Y, and Z, but what are you doing? Are you going to these events? Are you, like, offering your ideas to these DJs and event spaces? Like, okay, what are you doing for Dublin's nightlife here? And if more people go to these events, maybe the transport infrastructure can improve if there's no demand for like a night link from one location to the next because people aren't going to these places and they're going abroad well Mm -hmm. it's not going to really change so to affect change you actually need to go to these events experience them and then offer your critique and whatever ideas that you may have to these event spaces to see them improve Mm -hmm. even like after this later on today i'm going to uh, talk with it's involved with dublin digital radio it's called Space Wars and what I've gathered from it it's kind of like a discussion to speak about so there's a situation right now where like developers are just like literally ripping culture away in Dublin and you know they're just replacing it with hotels and I guess it's a conversation surrounding that and they want to do a bit of a workshop and I think it's also important that like people engage in these things whether it doesn't even have to be a music but whatever it is that you're interested in sometimes you know you need to go out there and put yourself out there and let, let your voice be heard you know it's very easy to like me and Alice could be sitting here complaining about X, Y, Z, but, like, if you're not actually, like, trying to, like, make a difference on, like, maybe a more bigger level in terms of maybe trying to find organizations who are working at trying to, like, improve these things, it might not ever change. It might just be a thing of we're always just speaking about it, but we're not speaking to anybody who can mm-hmm. actually help influence that change. Now, of course, I'm not saying here, complain if you want to complain. Of course, like, there are issues and we're all entitled to complain, but there's also, like, a level of, like, I think, action that everyone should try and do to try and improve these things and understand that you also have a part to play but maybe it's maybe for some people it's a little bit hopeless but i th- I think i'm just someone who's who's hopeful and i do believe in the future of dublin and the future of dublin's nightlife i've sure, been living yeah. here since what 1998 and i've seen dublin change so much in that time and that's only a very short amount of time when you're comparing it to these other cities that people you know, put on such a high pedestal, they don't realize that these people, these places have had generations of people trying exactly. to improve it and create iterations. Um, but yeah, anyways, I'll leave it. No, I get what you mean. Like, <laughs> I'm a second generation immigrant. You, you second generation as well. Like after our parents, it's us. Yeah, I go. Yeah. Isn't that first generation then? If like, like we're the first generation of our since our parents. I imagine our parents would be the first generation. Like my mom was here before I was. Okay, yeah. So like, I moved to Ireland when I was seven in 2002. So me coming here, and then some of my brothers are born here as well. So that could be another dimension that we can add, because I could see even the differences between 
my generation and theirs mm-hmm. like the, there's some overlaps and then there's some parallels that don't really combine as much but to do a bit of a segue here right can you tell the audience a fun fact about yourself because I can think of a few I can think of one for Alice as well we're going there we're going there so some of you may not know that Alice has played in the stadium oh. <laughs> Alice has supported you did a, oh, a huge a huge Irish band and a huge Afro-Irish artist. So I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the story. I'm gonna let the main oh, character okay, do it for us. Okay, wow, I'm going there. Okay, so I basically did. So to start off, I'm Soleil's DJ. So some of you don't know, Soleil is a really, really. She's an amazing artist. She's a big artist also. Give me, um, give me your love tonight. Love tonight. Sorry. Give me your, give me your love tonight. Um, the DJ for Solo, and she was able to land an amazing gig at Westside, and it happened in the Aviva Stadium last year, I think, June. Um, it was wow, guys. Yeah, how was that like? like? Oh, so when you step on the stage and you see, I think it's the seats, the amount of people that it can hold, and then also the, the standing area. No, but it was just insane to see. And then of course like the sugar babes were there. So what? Swear yeah, down. So, so uh, see, I would have gone back to write this. I said like I remember at the end they were saying, Oh yeah, we're gonna get pictures. We are so ventilating. I said And I was like she was telling me like are you okay? I said I'm fine because like when you're because I was born in 2000, I'm 23, so I grew up with the sugar babes. So to see them, like, I'm not like I didn't know Westlife, yeah. like, it was only when I was getting older that I was able to see their songs coming, like, when I was growing up. But the sugar babes was what I grew up on, so mm-hmm. that's what I knew. So I remember when we got outside and they were like, Oh, yeah, you need to do um, a test, just see sound and everything. And then, so I'm walking closer and closer to the stage. Everyone's, like, acting calm. Me, my heart is racing because it's, like, I'm getting close, closer and closer to the stage and I'm hearing songs I know. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, when we were in the dressing room, we didn't see them or anything. But, like, obviously, when you're walking through, like, backstage, you're able to see their names. They're going to be there. And then you're seeing them on stage. It's practicing. The whole band is there. Like, it was just such a surreal moment, but yeah, it was just like I'm really, really blessed to be able to say that I was able to do that at such a early stage in DJing. Like mm-hmm. it was just insane for her to have that kind of trust in me as well. It was just, it was amazing, just amazing, amazing, amazing. Just no, it was a very proud moment. What was it like for you when like you heard your songs coming through the speakers? It was just. I don't like, when you're in a space like that, it is kind of hard to hear everything, I can't mm-hmm. lie. Because, um, like, it's such a big stadium, so everything's just going out anyways. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just the fact that I was there in front of people. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it, it didn't feel real. Yeah. And 
like I, I don't know sometimes you get when you're in a place like that you kind of get in your head and you're like am i even supposed to be here you know like i yeah go through that a I lot because it was two days so <laughs> there's a yeah so there was a lot of thinking behind closed doors it's like wow like i think someone else is supposed to be in my place the right now syndrome. yeah and you, you get in your head a lot but and i think it's because i was so new to it as well i didn't mm-hmm. realize that I might have just done a lot, like I've done a lot to be there. Because when I started back in, when I started doing gigs, um, I think it once I hit the ground, like once I hit the ground, it was just, and it was like gig, 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 gig. And I think looking back, I realized that I've actually gained the courage, I've gained the confidence. And when it comes to mixing, I've developed my own kind of sound, my own kind of way of doing things. And yes, I deserve to be there. One hundred percent. You and Soli make me so proud. These are like black women yes. dominating mm-hmm. this space and showing the world what they can do. Mm-hmm. And in a way that you can't even ignore, like you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you ignore Alice playing in a stadium. <laughs> like I remember when I was on Instagram and I saw that, I was like, that's nuts. Because spaces like that, like you just begin to see the people like as an ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you feel like such a small pack but like you are in so much control at the, that's the thing with dj you have like in certain situations you have so much control mm-hmm. of that environment mm-hmm. and like you know if your music cuts out mm-hmm. it's done it's like what <laughs> it's done but if your music is banging as well it's like whoa mm-hmm. you're in full control there like everything that i'm doing every button that i press i can completely manipulate how all these people are going to react djing is insane like yeah. when you put it in that kind of perspective it's like you really like you're such an important part and i feel like within like just being a dj i feel like djs don't get enough respect yeah <laughs> like, when it comes to artists um i feel like djs should get as much attention as an artist would i agree i agree even when i watch a movie it's like this is a different art form a different medium with acting and screenplay so the actors would get a lot of attention mm-hmm. but there are speaking words that are written by a writer like mm-hmm. whoever does the costume design mm-hmm. needs to be appreciated as well like they get their credits in the ending credits of course mm-hmm. and maybe at some award ceremonies and stuff but I think those people should be celebrated too like mm-hmm. DJs like you and Alice should be celebrated as well because you contribute to that experience on a night out I'm like yo the way Alice transitioned R&B Afro beats, my head is spinning. <laughs> On the way, as he's giving us rhythms from the 2000s to dancehall, I'm just like, I don't even know what to do with myself. <laughs> so, like, stuff like that makes me really proud that, like, these are my friends that are doing huge things and making waves in the industry. Another fun fact that some of you may not know is there's a person here who has played a festival called all together now <laughs> and they're being humble about it <laughs> so i'm like yo you better represent and tell them what you did yeah so i played last year i played my first festivals and all together now was one of them and i'm so happy i got to do that with the the sim Simmer crowd so if you guys don't know sim Simmer, they're a music collective here in dublin and they just put on really good nights with really really good people there's a like i feel like there's a caribbean music influence within there within the name it's there as well but it comes through in the music as well i think something that's even interesting about sim sim and i'm going to get back to myself in terms of like all together now some of that but what's interesting about sim sim is that 
there's not that much of a Caribbean culture here in Ireland mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And like for me, how I've like been exposed to like Caribbean music will be through things like Simpsima or for example when I travel to like London where there's more of a Caribbean population, when I go out there, I would hear more of that music. Or also my wife, she's half Guyanese and she's from Toronto, which also has a, a great Caribbean uh, population there. So when I for Caribbean International Day. Oh yeah, you were there. Yeah, 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 Caravana, yeah. exactly. So yeah, I've actually never been over there for Caravana. But actually this summer when I was in New York, they had the carnival coming up as well. So like even like being there speaking about Trump. Independence Day, right? Caribbean Independence Day. I think that it's usually more than likely like Independence Day. Now I'm sure there's gonna be somebody in the comments correcting us. <laughs> Look, I don't know everything. Um but yeah, like speaking of traveling I also like to segue to that, like when I was in New York during that time and like I was hearing like Caribbean music that's something for me in terms of like inspiration when it comes to DJing is that like I like when I travel I like to kind of really open my ear to the sounds of that place mm-hmm. whether it's certain cultures that exist there whatever maybe I like to use that as an opportunity to kind of immerse myself and then when I come back home kind of whether it be the next mix that I'm going to make or the next party that I play I want to try and use that as an operate as an opportunity for inspiration because I think it's very important that like you need to you need to live to be inspired sometimes you know sometimes you can like be on a laptop or whatever maybe really try to dig into something that way and you can be inspired that way but i think there's definitely an element of like just like living your day-to-day life and just maybe trying to be a little bit more open to certain things around you that could help inspire you um so yeah but yeah so the festival that was that was an amazing experience just to like be on like a big stage and to be able to even just announce to people that like I'm playing a festival because I think as a DJ the name is on a card I was just like yo we used to go to festivals to see these people and now you've become them mm-hmm. I've been on one side of the screen watching it happen and I've been on the other side making it happen I'm just yeah. like yeah it's mad like you know I still have like my my performer wristband and yeah. stuff like that and it's just like yeah there's I think there's certain, as a DJ I think there's just like certain milestones that like mm. you have so like for me, like, I remember at the beginning of that year, I was like, I need to play a festival this year. And then, like, that came... I was away at the time that someone, like, messaged me and they were like, hey, like, do you want to play at this festival? I was like, what do you mean, do I want to? Of course I want to play at the festival. Yeah. So, no, it was a really, really good experience. I remember during that time, I was kind of going through, like, a, a disco era. So, I was like, I have to give some of you guys some disco and that. I was just like, yeah, to, like... Even, like, the run-up to it, to be thinking about, like, okay, what do I want to play? How am I going to play it for these people? Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that journey, and it's just, like, it was very special. I really hope that, like, I get more opportunities to play music to crowds, and hopefully they, they take in what I'm trying to give out kind of thing. For real, because you guys essentially make the soundtrack to our lives. Mm-hmm. On a night out, or maybe you're mixing something, and I'm commuting on my way to work, or um, working on a project... You guys essentially like the soundtrack. Sometimes when I feel like I'm at one of your events, it feels like I'm in a music video. <laughs> that I, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. It's just like, yo, this is content that is fed to me in a way that I wouldn't have myself. Even with these vinyls, these artists have done incredible work, and it's an amazing um, body of work, right? But you guys have man, you guys have taken that and created something. New. There's a curation that happens. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I like to when it comes to DJ, I like to think of it as like we don't, you know, we don't necessarily make the music. I don't make yeah. songs. I'm not in music production, but like 
we create the songs like live there and then like you know we're like okay i'm playing this song maybe you might hear a word in that song and that makes you say okay i'm going to play this next song or you see somebody on the floor dancing in a certain way you're like no i need to keep them moving in a certain way and like there's a, an element of curation that happens live there and then and you were speaking about like djs not getting enough respect and i definitely i definitely do feel that and i don't even think it's like a malicious like oh we don't respect djs mm-hmm. i think we also live in a world nowadays that a lot of our music now is on demand as is prior in the past it wasn't as on demand you know mm-hmm. you would back in the past when it came to djs you might come across the djs through like yes out of parties but also it could be like the radio mm-hmm. whereas now we have like spotify soundcloud title mm-hmm. apple music whatever you use so you have your music and you can play it on demand so at home or in work you can play whatever you want and you don't have to ask anybody to do that but then there's this element that i feel like sometimes it translates into nightlife spaces or like spaces where DJs are and the entitlement of you being able to play any song at any time, it then gets pushed onto the DJ. And it's like, mm-hmm. in your, I, I, well, what I feel is like, why do you feel so entitled that you can come and tell me to play XYZ song? Like I have been paid, I've been selected to curate the music of this night and you're here telling me that like, what's the better song to play, whatever. And not to say that people don't have good suggestions, but then sometimes people have, mad suggestions like Take no disrespect no no disrespect to westlife but like there'll be situations where i'd be paying like maybe plenty of dance hall and then you have just some random person come up and they'd be like oh can you play westlife and i'm like does it look like i'm playing westlife in this set and it's just kind of like there's an element there of like yeah it's almost disrespectful for you to be asking that because it's just like i understand okay maybe you're not enjoying this music at this moment in time for whatever reason but you also need to respect the space that's here. You're not the only person that's here. There's a whole crowd of people enjoying this music and you're one person now coming and you want to completely change the vibe for you. I don't know. There's an element of entitlement there and disrespect that I think that does happen. So. Because I think I think part of the reason why DJs wouldn't appreciate something like that um, is because if you go to a museum or a gallery and you're experiencing the art that a painter has done, you wouldn't ask the painter to do it a different way or put it in this position. Yeah. Like, like you would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily do that. Or if you're, I don't know, what's in. You might not even have the opportunity. I think it's, that's also it's the it's DJ's there in front of you. Exactly. The artist, the artist gone. The artist might be dead. Do you know what I mean? So like, but in that situation, the artist, because that's the thing. It took me some time to realize that, but we are artists, and like the artist is there right in front of them, so they can be like, yeah, blah blah blah, say X Y Z. Because you guys are curating that experience in the way that a gallery installation will be done. You wouldn't now ask the gallery coordinator to shift the light this way so you can get a better picture. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you wouldn't do that. So I don't know why you would. In some sense, in some ways, I feel like it's difficult to do what you guys do. You're cu- curating something live, and at the same time, there's additional pressure that's coming from different angles. So you're you're focusing on making sure that this transition hits and then there's somebody else in your ear talking about how like that's the challenge of DJing. Like that's one of the big challenges of DJ. And I remember like when I was learning how to DJ like watching videos that was something like they brought up is like yeah okay you could be mixing blah 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 and someone could literally like come along and like ask you a question and like you need to be prepared for that as well. Like which is which is a challenge in itself sometimes. Um, yeah, that's that's well. So I'm gonna shift now to talking about art. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about um, physical art. We talk about digital art mm-hmm. a good bit with like NFTs and such. But there are some artists that I want to highlight now. But this piece right here. Have you ever been to the Starbucks on Dame Street? 
I have, yes. The artist behind that did this. Her name is Vicky E. Varga. Okay. Um, on Instagram, it's Color Walk Art. So that's color without the U. And yeah, I bought this piece from her because I feel like she's going to be huge one day. Yeah. <laughs> and like her stuff is amazing. So she does all the art in Starbucks on Dame Street. Phenomenal artist. I just want to shine a light on her. Um, so how do you guys feel about art? I've seen you guys frequent galleries and mm -hmm. places and at home and abroad. I'll get to abroad later. I have a piece from yeah. uh, Canada too that I want to highlight. When it comes to art, um, like I wouldn't be the best when it comes to like reading art and stuff, but I do definitely appreciate it. Um, like I'm not up to date with a lot of the Irish artists. I would love to be plugged. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like when it comes to art, uh, art over here, it's definitely, I feel like maybe I'm just not aware of the art culture, but it's um, very almost, I don't want to say grouped, what there's a word. Okay, yeah. There's neat, it's, it's a niche. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I don't, I don't necessarily fit in with that niche, but... Um, Do you feel it's not accessible to you? Yeah. Why? Like, in what way? I think it's just because of the... Um, I think it's the people, and I think it's also myself as well. Uh, because, of course, like I'm not an artist, I can appreciate it, so if anything does pop up on my page, I will go back. I agree with you. There's like the art college that's more known here mm -hmm. um, in terms of fine art and design would be NCAD. Mm -hmm. And they do have their own little niche and community that they stick to and reinforce. Mm -hmm. um, they host events and spaces here and there, but like you'd have to be a purist to know about it. Like mm -hmm. you wouldn't be like somebody that just kind of likes art, like a tourist and like you go to different places here and there, but you need to be like clued into know that yeah. those things are happening. Exactly. They don't make it accessible in the sense that, oh, everybody's here to participate or like mm -hmm. on a culture night, oh, this art exhibition or installation is happening. They're more, they just share it amongst their peers. Mm -hmm. You'd have to go out of your way. I don't know how true that is. I feel like on culture night, for example, like the whole yeah. list of all the works that are happening are, are up there. So like, Yeah, so I think it's more, like in situations like that, I think it's sometimes we maybe it's us we don't do a good enough job of like seeking these things out mm. and i think sometimes where i see that happen is like maybe when we travel to other places we seek them out a bit more when it's not like in our backyard for example but mm. when it is like in our backyard sometimes people just don't tap into it as much because i don't yeah, I, like I, in terms of it being accessible i feel like i go to museums here in ireland i go to like Emma, for example yeah. And what's it? The Douglas Hyde, I was there recently as well for. I went to go see an exhibition there. I can't remember the name of the artist. I'll have to double check that. I think you can go to Emmet, you can go to the Irish Museum of Modern Arts and appreciate it, or you can go to the National Art Gallery mm -hmm. and appreciate it. But when it comes to engaging peer to peer, I can't meet that artist. Mm -hmm. For example, Edward had an exhibition in Derry, and I fully drove down to Derry yeah. to support and see like what he's doing with his, like, I think that was part of his dissertation for college incredible pieces mm -hmm. and I can talk with the artist and be like oh what was your vision here mm -hmm. you can engage and I'm not that well versed in art mm -hmm. to be honest it's just an interest that I'm trying to follow mm -hmm. and being able to communicate with the artist elevates my consciousness that, that much further like whereas if you go to Emma you see the artist you see a little description it's, it's kind of it's not it's not the same like I can go to you guys after a night of being like 
sick set. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see the next one. Mm-hmm. I like what you did with such and such a song. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's like an exchange. Whereas, um, I feel like the art community here in Ireland can do a better job of allowing that exchange, facilitating that. Ex- way yeah, like just create this art. I've created this art. Here, you go see it wherever you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. That's yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, and and maybe in the sense of maybe more fine artists. Yeah, maybe I don't really know that many here or maybe it's just also the communities that I'm tapped into I feel like I think amongst us we definitely know more like musicians yeah and so yeah. they get yeah. musicians yeah. here yeah. in Dublin yeah. and stuff like that maybe that's just like I guess these scenes and these um, niches that exist mm-hmm. sometimes but I think you you mentioned it about like or somebody mentioned it or maybe it's in my head but um, I think that with the sweet spot that's something that I guess we are trying to do is like bring people from different backgrounds mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. because I definitely see in some of the events that I go to sometimes, and sometimes the, these events are described with the word urban. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going through even a, a, I don't know, a discovery or a, a research at the moment of like, what does urban truly mean? Mm-hmm. And within that, it's like, yeah, I see certain situations where like, we aren't, there's an integration that's not happening. Although like Ireland is becoming more multicultural, it's like, people are pocketed off into like mm-hmm. separate places rather than like coming together. And for me, I think what urban culture is, is like these different communities all existing within an urban setting and mm-hmm. trying to like use the infrastructure that is at play here to like work together, live together, party together, whatever it may be. But like there's definitely an element of an integration that needs to happen there. I think like what makes New York a great urban center is all the different people that are there and how they're all interacting with each other so when urban the word urban is used to describe one specific demographic which i find is usually just used to describe the black demographic i almost feel like that's not even the best representation of mm-hmm. what urban truly is that's my opinion anyway. I, I'd, I'd agree with you i agree with you because i think the more globalized ireland becomes the more we'll get to this integrated community integrated creative community where immigrants have assimilated with the native population and they're able to create something that blows everyone away mm-hmm. like in these cities that you've been to brussels in new york for example and you lived in new york for a while right mm-hmm. during that period um i was in canada it was mm-hmm. 2017 you're living and working in new york yes right? 2017 yeah and in toronto i witnessed that firsthand how people from all walks of life, all different ethnicities have managed to create a beautiful, like, creative space. This guy loves Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I love the six man. I can't lie. I can't lie. Yo. <laughs> oh, my heart is... <laughs> so, when I was in Toronto, I met up with um, a creative I linked up with on Instagram. Her name is Morenica and she makes incredible depictions of um, African, Nigerian um, art pieces. Everything from the clothes, the attire we wear, Ankara, to um, putting them in a new light with her graphic design. Incredible artist and we've, we actually worked together when I went over there and she introduced me to this guy called Kana. So he designed this beautiful piece here. Mm-hmm. So... Like, this is literally, I just envisioned me being cozy with my bibs. <laughs> That's me and bib. So, like, I can just relate to it a lot more. Like, when, whenever we see 
Um, art sometimes, I don't know if we're represented. The detail within this guy's art piece is interesting to me because I can relate to this guy that has dreads mm -hmm. and braids because I've had that hairstyle before. I see blackness in this image. I also see with the patterns mm -hmm. here, it's something that I can relate and engage to. So when I linked up again with him on Instagram, I was just like, yo, I want to buy your art. Man. Mm -hmm. This stuff is too sick. The world needs to know that how much of an impact your art is having. Like, mm -hmm. So yeah, when you go abroad, um, and witness these things like it would be nice for us to have that here as well mm -hmm. um, but yeah that's that's my piece on that question for everyone here has there ever been an artist that you've came across from seeing them live first as opposed to like discovering them on Spotify mm -hmm. or SoundCloud I know I have an artist that like blew me away when I first heard them but yeah I'll let you guys answer that first I'll, let, I'll just go first I'm still thinking because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question yeah, another person that came to mind when you asked that question who did I see live for the first time and then check the music out afterwards was they they supported Royce oh, yeah. and Taylor when we went to go see him in London mm -hmm. so that was interesting for me I actually thought I was trying to think of mine but honestly I don't think I have one because like as I said earlier I'm not a major concert person and if I'm going to a concert I know the person that's singing beforehand <laughs> and the main act so and even with festivals like my first festival was the one I was playing at last okay. year so oh like I don't experience these things and because you know festivals it's like you're going from one tent to another you're going from one stage to another and because like, it was my first time experiencing that. I was like, I want to see everyone that I know, mm -hmm. you know? So I didn't really give myself room to experience another band or even, mm -hmm. like, take it in. But I have to say, I need to... I feel like this year I need to really get into that. Yeah, yeah. Like, festival season, I feel like that's the best time to really um, engage with that. For me, the answer to that question of, like, an artist that I've came across through a festival was... Um, now I, th I think it's pronounced now or nao n-a-o but so i i was at afropunk in brooklyn and it must have just been true like on my journey from one stage to another stage i heard her like kind of like high pitch singing and i was like who the hell is that is that the girl that has the song with maramasa yes i believe so yeah i heard her and i was just like who is that? Do you know what I mean? And like, that's when I first came across and then from there, like I began to listen to her. But yeah, that's, that's some of the big artists, maybe, maybe they already realize that, but I guess, yeah, they're giving some of these like local artists a platform and that and like what they could be doing is like, you can't even measure in that moment sometimes. You know, I think about, for example, when I saw Manjolo was supporting Kid Cudi on his yeah. European yeah. tour. Yeah. Like, that's, that's nuts. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy because like, MJ is obviously our friend. He's someone mm -hmm. we've seen like coming up here in Dublin, but then to see him be able to go on tour and that, like, and like, Kid Cudi might not even know, like, now the pedestal that he's helped put MJ on and what that could do to him. Callum is older. Yeah, like, he went, like, even with Moyo as well, like, his brother being his DJ. Like, so cool. yeah. to experience that with families, like, it's levels. different. Yeah, it's different. 100%. So on that note, we're gonna wrap this up. Is there anything that you guys want to plug? Where can people find you on social media? Um, you can find me at Aziz A Z E E Z dot Saeed S A E E D. That's my Instagram handle. And then you can find me on SoundCloud under Black Canvas, and Black Canvas is spelled in a very interesting way. It's spelled B L K 
CNVS. Oh, you're fancy, huh? I'm fancy, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and for myself, you can find me on social media. So, um, Instagram, Twitter, um, and also if you want to go and check out my SoundCloud as well, feel free. Uh, but my name is a bit a sticky one. So, it's Alice Uba, my full name. So it's A-L-I-C-E-U-G-B-A-H, but it's all backwards. So. Uh, Flip the script. <laughs> this is what, this is what <laughs> she does in this video. This is what she does. Okay. Uh, somewhere, somewhere, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also follow the Sweet Spot. And you can find the Sweet Spot handle is sweetspot.mp3. So. On that note, thank you guys for listening to Escape Plan Media. We'll see y'all again. Peace. Mm. Subscribe and spread the word.